standing out here in the middle of an apple orchard. What we have are several rows on either side of us of, of apples, um, most of which still have a lot of green on them. Some of them are starting to get some red color. And, and what varieties are these? Um, I think this is, um, uh, this might be snap stamen. We've got uh, some Red Delicious, some uh, uh, Mutsu, I think. Just a, a nice variety. The apple industry is a highly impactful business for the U.S., both in providing consumers with healthy fruit and ensuring a stable market for our economy. Growers are always looking for new varieties that are not only tasty, but more resistant to disease outbreaks and environmental stressors that can severely reduce apple production. Developing these new varieties takes time, like over two decades or longer, before they're ready for your shopping cart. Plant physiologist Dr. Tim Artlip is researching ways to drastically speed up the process. He works at the Appalachian Fruit Research Station in Kearneysville, West Virginia. One of the bigger challenges is how long does it take to come up with a named variety like Honeycrisp? A lot of people love Honeycrisp. They love that sweet, tart flavor, that crunch. Growers love it because it does uh, garner a, a greater return on investment, but they also have to be very, very careful about their inputs to the tree and making sure that that delicious, sweet, tart flavor and that crunch comes through. So it's a challenge. Honeycrisp was created from a crossbreed made back in the 70s at the University of Minnesota. Breeders quickly realized they had a promising apple on their hands. Still, it had to go through years of trials, tests for disease resistance, and sensory evaluations by consumers. It wasn't given the plant name Honeycrisp until the late 80s, and it wasn't released for production until 1991. So you think about that. That's 15 years right there. And then most trees have a juvenile period where they don't bear. They just, they just grow until they're finally competent to flower. That's a big challenge when you think about it. That, that might be 15, 20, 25 years from a particular cross to when the consumers actually get it in the grocery store. And a lot can happen in that period of time. Dr. Artlip and his team are using rapid cycle breeding techniques to speed up the process to cultivate new apple varieties. This process was the product of two advancements in science. The first occurred about a decade ago, when researchers successfully released the first genome sequence of an apple tree. Scientists like Dr. Artlip now had, in essence, a map of an apple tree's DNA. So we can actually go into an orchard where the breeders have made crosses between potential or between parents to make uh, potentially really good cultivars. And normally that process may take 15, 20, 25 years. And initially that just takes acres and acres of trees to find something that might be worth pursuing. Instead, we can go through, take just a few leaves from a, from a young seedling go through and do the sequencing and also the, mar the knowledge of the various markers and know very quickly, does this seedling have the potential to have a nice sweet acid balance? Will it give us mealy uh, or firm uh, flesh in the fruit? What color skin is it going to have? What kind of disease resistance does it have? We can know that very quickly, but we're still 
limited. Trees are going to take a year or so just to grow from seed. And it may take a few years to, uh, to actually grow them out to see what we get. That leads us to the second advancement. Dr. Artlett's team worked with the researchers from Germany to develop an early flowering apple tree. It's absolutely amazing. We go from a normal juvenile period where trees are not competent to flower or bear fruit that usually is three, four years or longer down to one year. And not just that, these trees will continuously flower. It is really striking to see a tree that has fruit and flower together. The rapid breeding cycle enables researchers to determine if a new seedling variety has traits that are appealing to consumers. Think taste, crunch, look, sweet tart balance. It also allows researchers to try and solve issues that can damage millions of apple trees, like cultivating a longer, deeper rooting system that would allow for greater access to water during droughts, or breeding resistance to a particular pest that's running amok in orchards. This rapid cycle breeding program has the potential to really be a game changer. Rather than having to wait years and years, we can adapt more readily to changing conditions. After all, what the USDA ARS wants to do is to try to make sure that we have a safe and stable food supply, including nutritious apples. That wraps up this edition of Science in Your Shopping Cart. Stay tuned for future podcasts. And in case you missed it, check out our podcast on our red spinach, Roma tomato, and huckleberry gold potato. It's a podcast that's packed with vitamins and flavor. For Science in Your Shopping Cart, I'm Todd Silver. Thanks for listening. Science in Your Shopping Cart is produced by the Office of Communications, Agricultural Research Service, an agency of the U.S. Department of Agriculture. For more information, visit www.ars.usda.gov. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Like us on Facebook, and watch us on YouTube.